So I have decided to, um, that I'm at a point that I can do my life story, my testimony, um, whatever you would like to call it. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to break it up into a couple of different parts. And so it's going to be like different episodes type thing. And that is because it's going to be longer because I'm 39 years old. So I've had quite a, quite a life. Um, and I just felt that it was time for me to kind of open up about it because there's probably, there's probably quite a few of you who were probably treated the same way I was or very similar, went through similar things that I did and maybe you won't feel quite as alone. So here we go. I was born blue. I was brought to life because um, they got me breathing. And that very day, at that time, my biological father accused her of trying to kill me. That she was purposely killing me. I will tell you right now, my mom was not purposely killing me. There was no way. She loves her kids more than anything. She did not try to kill me. Um, he does not know the statistics, even though he might say he does. He obviously doesn't. Um, the percentage of babies that are born not breathing is actually higher than some people think. The sad thing is that verbal abuse was going on at home. And it continued. And when they got a divorce, that verbal abuse went on to me. And I can tell you right now that my earliest memory is literally him telling me when they were going through custody, him telling me that he told, well, he said in front of me to my siblings, because my sister had asked if you had to choose one of us, like for custody, like who would you choose? And he's like, oh, that's kind of hard, but I would choose one of you two. I wouldn't choose Rhea. She's kind of worthless. You're saying that in front of your daughter. You're telling your daughter she's worthless. At the age of five, you cannot expect somebody that you're calling worthless that young to not have mental health issues growing up. And yet, he will not take, he will not take the credit for that and credit in a bad way, you know, because it wasn't new, it wasn't good, you know. Um, so, so that was my earliest memory. And I honestly was told so many times how worthless I was that I started believing it. I started believing that I was not worth anything. I wasn't even worth living. And that is not something anybody could ha should have to go through, especially when it comes to your biological parents or your parents, people who are supposed to be supporting you and helping you a long life and learning how to live life, teaching you 
the best ways to live life. Like, you know, giving you advice, whatever. So I know there's a lot of people who have parents who don't support them and will tell them they're worthless. I also know there's a lot of people who have parents that support them and help them get through life and are there for them no matter what. I was not a daddy's girl. It was very obvious to many, many people, and even in the family. I was never a daddy's girl. My sister was. I, you know, I was brushed off a lot. I was pushed to the side because my other siblings were more important. I tried to do some things with them. Like, we went fishing. That was one thing that we did as a family. Actually, we did that a lot as a family growing up. Um... The next part I'm going to talk about is, I'm going to put a little bit of a trigger warning on it. It has to deal with uh, other other kinds of abuse. So throughout my life, I have been abused in literally every way possible. Literally every way possible. And when I was younger... I lost my hearing. I lost 70% of my hearing when I was about eight years old, I think. I was told how I was making, that I was making it up, that I was faking it, that I just wasn't paying attention to the testing, that I, you know, all the doctors did not say that. The doctors were like, she can't hear. Like she's gone to three hearing tests, listening tests or whatever, hearing tests, and she has not passed any of them. She's literally got 70% or more hearing loss. And he's like, no, she's just making it up. And he literally fought my mom and I on it all the time. I can't tell you how many times I was told by him that I needed to stop acting like a baby and stop faking things that were truly real. Like, even as an adult, he would tell me how many things I was faking. He was never really supportive of me. He was never a father figure for me, like a positive father figure. What I had as a father growing up was somebody who didn't really care. He acted like he cared in public. He didn't act like he cared at home. Did he teach me how to cook? He taught all three of us how to cook. There's certain things that, yes. But that was because I was standing there watching them. I didn't actually cook. They did. There might have been times where I did cook. But I always watched. And that's one of the reasons I know how to make certain meals and some cooking that I like to do. I'm just not as able to do it right now, but... We'll get to that. So I miraculously got my hearing back. Um, 
I went, we went to church one night or one day and we prayed. I went up for altar call. We prayed and they, um, I felt this pop in my ears and the, the volume in the church didn't change. It wasn't, I didn't hear anything better in the church, like, you know, louder. When I got in the car, I'm like, mom, can you turn the radio down? And she's like, what do you mean? You can hear that? And I was like, yeah, because they were listening to it louder so that I could hear it. Um, and they had me go in for a hearing test and I passed it with flying colors. I now have overly sensitive hearing. So miraculously, I mean, that's two miracles right there that I have gone through. That's two of them. Now, around that time, I was starting to be um, molested. I don't talk about that much. Um, because I need to work through it myself a little bit more before I can talk through that more. So I'm just going to leave that at that. I was physically abused. I was pushed downstairs. I was pushed into walls. Um, let's see, I was cussed at. So that wasn't physical abuse, but I was cussed at by my siblings. Um, I was blamed for everything they did wrong. They blamed me. They were like, no, Rio did it. Yeah, I'm sitting there reading and I broke the window that you guys broke. Or I'm sitting here reading and I, you know, broke something else or didn't do the, or didn't do their job, which is their job. You know, it was their chore, not mine. And they obviously had time. Um, but they would blame me for that. And I will tell you right now that the, <clears throat> you know, trying to get this straight, you know, I'm trying to get it out kind of in more of a chronological order, but I did just realize that I'm going a little bit back and forth, um, so I hope that doesn't confuse anybody, that's why I'm trying to say, like, ages, um, however, um, the multiple blows to the head, to my head, um, did cause emotional damage, uh, not emotional, it caused, a traumatic brain injury. I literally have I have a traumatic traumatic brain injury between that and all the brain surgeries that I've had to have. The neurosurgeon told me he does not know what caused what. He goes, but it had to have started a long time ago with how bad it is. So, 
I have issues with my memory because of that. I have issues with concentration because of that. I have issues with, you know, trying to think straight, trying to find the right words. Um, sometimes uh, there's just a lot of things that I will never get back. There are things that are literally just going to hopefully not keep going downhill because I'm praying they don't because that's the last thing I need right now. But they, you know, they're saying that it, it will not, it will not get better. And, you know, I can live with that because I've lived with it for a while before it was even noticed. Um, I noticed it, but I didn't open up about it because then I would have to open up about the abuse. And I didn't want to open up about the abuse at the time. But once I moved out of the state and knew that there was no way somebody, one of them was going to show up at my doorstep, I decided that I could talk about it. They don't know where I live and they won't know where I live. Because I won't allow that. They don't have my new number because I will not allow that. Um... Anyways, so I want to sorry for the pauses. It's taking me a minute to like gather my thoughts to talk about this because I want to talk about it. I think it's going to be healing myself, maybe others, um, I just need to try and work through it as well, and this is one of my ways of working through it, so there are going to be some pauses, um, I went to public, I was moved back and forth between public and parochial school, and like Christian school, biblical school, whatever you want to call it. And so I would go from public to parochial school to public to parochial school to public to parochial school. It was literally back and forth. And the thing is, when you're going back and forth between those, you have to be retested for public school because in parochial schools, they're at a different level. So they have to make sure they don't have to put you where they have to know where they can put you in classes. And that was a little hard. It's hard to make friends when you're literally going back and forth between different schools and, you know, you don't play, like, city sports or anything, so it's not like you have that. You don't, I wasn't in 
gymnastics, really. I think I was in tumbling when I was really little, but that was it. I don't remember for sure, um, but I didn't, I wasn't in any of those programs. The one thing I was in was in the summer program in the morning through, it was like a park program in the city that we lived in, or town that we lived in. And we would go there every day during the summer while my mom was working. And it was just kind of a way to make friends, be out of the house. They went on field trips, um, like the, like we went to a Brewers game and stuff like that. Um, it was kind of an escape from, you know, the reality at home for me. Um, I'll tell you one of my favorite hobbies growing up was literally reading. I loved reading. I could go through a book in a day. Like, literally, book in a day. Starting in like, I think I was six or seven when I started reading. I think I was six when I started reading chapter books. Yes, six. I was, I might have been younger. I... I loved it. I truthfully cannot tell you how many books I've read, but that was my safe escape from reality. My safe escape from reality was going into another reality is kind of what it was. And I... I... always had a book in my hand. Always. Um, I'd bring it with wherever, a book with wherever I went. It was kind of my coping skill without knowing it was a coping skill. And at the time. And I asked, so I was going through so much abuse around middle school time probably, maybe a little younger. And I asked what would happen if I committed suicide. I asked my biological father that. Nobody else but my biological father. He said, You're gonna, you'd go to hell and I don't care. To have a biological father who says that kind of thing to you, that hits you more and more. Like, it hits hard. It hurts. And I thought maybe he would say something to my mom because it's something that they both should have known about because uh, somebody talking about suicide like that um, could mean that they're suicidal. Um, but he literally didn't care at all. He didn't even tell my mom. And I just found that out. She was like, I did not know that. Like, I had no clue. So, there's that. Um, it happened a couple of times, and he still didn't tell her. Um, he knew exactly where my mental health was because of that. And... He really didn't care. 
And I'm going to stop there because I am struggling to get out some of these words, out these stories and stuff. So I'm just going to go ahead and um, stop there. I'm going to have, um, this will be part one, and then my next podcast will be part two. Um, there will possibly be more parts, but at least two parts for now. Remember, you're not alone.